Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster and the Nerd, the podcast where we discuss movies, TV shows, comics, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host, Brian Brecker. Hi. I want you all to check out Blazeball.com, which is today's sponsor, <laughs> where you can follow your favorite fictional baseball teams. Hashtag not an ad. I'm following the Philadelphia Pies, because I'm a, I'm a pie head. <laughs> pie head. Pie or die. Pie or die. Oh, and anyway, today we're going to be talking about Steven Universe Future. Yeah, we are covering the second half of Steven Universe Future today, the final 10 episodes i'm very excited about this discussion we're going to be having today as always we should uh recap what our recording troubles were when making the episode oh yeah so we got to episode 13 and then brian's mic died i had forgotten to plug it in yeah because brian had forgotten to plug it in we are starting over thankfully that was only three episodes of 10 right so we weren't that far into it chris has decided that if i'm going to keep torturing him when i stall with my immortal <laughs> the fan fiction uh that he is going to torture me with the ready player one novel yes. and i feel like this is a fair transaction <laughs> yes, I, I believe that as well so we should start with start with in dreams in of course. dreams of course episode 11 i love this episode because it is a peridot focused episode and peridot is the best i think you might be a little biased towards Peridot. And? How could you have <laughs> biases? You're not being objective, Chris. How dare I be a human being with personal preferences? <laughs> How dare I have a comfort character? So this episode starts with uh, Stephen having a nightmare. He has many such nightmares throughout this last 10 episodes. He has a nightmare where all his friends are having a party in his house, and he tries to go in, but then the door disappears, and there's the cookie cat is the temple. They're all listening to Daft Punk They're all him. listening to Daft Punk. <laughs> and then he wakes up, and and Peridot is there, and Peridot's like, hey, we should watch yeah, this Yeah, Peridot's new like, did you, did you record it? Because they're all hyped about the reboot of Camp Fighting Hearts, obviously Peridot's right. favorite teen drama. Nothing to do with Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> Absolutely nothing to do with that. Anyway, yeah. so Camp Pining Heart is sort of like Riverdale, as you said. Well, in the original series, the Camp Pining Heart's original, as depicted in the original series, is more of a Dawson's Creek pastiche yeah. than anything else. Whereas the new reboot seems to be just Riverdale. And after they watch it, I think they get that sense too. 
because they both hate it. Yes, they think it sucks. They changed all the characters and I don't care about any of them. <laughs> so they try and construct a new version. And by the way, when they were watching the VHS tape, they learned that some of <laughs> Steven's dreams start to be transmitted into VCRs, which is bizarre. Yeah. But then they get the bright yeah. idea to use this for him to construct a better reboot show than the one that they have. Exactly. So they so they have this whole dry erase board filled with a web of pairings and characters. It's, it's weirdly close to the John Carpenter film prince of darkness <laughs> where dreams are sent forward in time in order to warn people of a coming apocalypse or actually they're sent backward in time Yeah, so they so they have this whole web and Steven draws his self-insert character Stefan as the foil for Rodrigo. <laughs> Rodrigo. Rodrigo. And I like how Steven still can't draw hands. I feel like that's very relatable as a as yeah. a fan artist. Drawing hands are are very hard. Yeah. It's very hard to draw her hair. It is. It's extremely <laughs> hard. All artists, you know. Everyone from Washington understands what I'm saying. Washington. Right so uh, <laughs> Stephen goes to bed and he starts having a dream of what would be a better show with his self-insert character, Stefan, who is the best friend to the emotionally unstable Rodrigo. Rodrigo. And But the problem is, is that once they get to a certain point in the dream, the diamonds start showing up. Blue diamond shows up as a dolphin and there's a yellow diamond pineapple, of which I... <laughs> Then he wakes up and Peridot's like, I liked it, but I didn't know what I didn't you were know going, what you were for, going at for at the, the end, end there. there. So they decided to keep attempting because in Peridot's words, our budget is nothing and our schedule is infinite. That's true. Yeah. You can't compete with the power of imagination. Imagination. He has a second dream and this time he says, he sees instead of Rodrigo, Dog copter, and I yeah. don't know why I'm saying Rodrigo like I'm a '90s one-hit wonder. Rico, Rico Suave, Rico <laughs> Suave. But that guy's not even Latino. Rico Suave. That guy is not Latino. Really? Yes. Holy shit. Um, He's doing brown face. Cultural appropriation. Um, Anyways, what happens next? Okay, so he keeps having... So the dreams keep getting more and more surreal because as you said, at one point he gets replaced with Dog Topper. At one point he gets replaced with this Crystal Gem who have Dog Copter's helicopter back and fly away. He turns into Baby Steven. At one point yes. you see Spinel's injector in the background. It right. gets really weird. And eventually Peridot's like, all right, we need to focus more on honing down the visual elements, which is why I've prepared this 500-page storyboard. Remember, Steven, action oriented storytelling <laughs> so peridot's got this giant ass bible rivaling chidi anagonia's look who we are and who we are not 
Practical Ethics and Their Application <laughs> in the Modern World, a treatise on... <laughs> <laughs> Parada has the idea that Stefan should kiss Jasmine, Rodrigo's potential love interest, as a way of stoking the drama and... The jealousy. The jealousy. Rodrigo. Stoking Rodrigo's jealousy. Steven's like, I can't do Rodrigo dirty like that. I like how they talk about uh, this television show, like actual nerds talk about television shows. Yes. And, like, they're clearly trying to railroad us towards Rodrigo and this other woman, but they have no chemistry at all. They're clearly like, they are genuine fans and dorks like yes well because paradox is about to leave he's like there's no point in you, us doing this if you keep getting worked up because right. steven doesn't want to betray rodrigo but then mm -hmm. he's like because he doesn't want paradox to leave he's like okay i'll do it and right. so he has another dream and, and this one's the scariest of all the dreams and this one's the scariest of all the dreams so he does the he does the kiss he does the betrayal and but right. then the woman turns into connie and then connie turns into obsidian he seemingly wakes up and he sees Peridot staring at the television. But then he turns Peridot around and sees that her visor has the TV color bars on it. And it's really creepy. Yeah, and just has a static noise. So it's still a dream. But a fun little background detail here. If you notice, when Steven initially wakes up, he is in his old room from the old house and not the current room as seen in regularly. And so that if you pay attention to the background, you can immediately mm -hmm. tell that it's still a dream. It's like Inception. Yeah, exactly. It's a dream within a dream. It's Inception. Bwom. So he uh, goes after Peridot and tries to find her, and he just wants to hang out with her. It goes her. back to his dream from the beginning, and Peridot's about to enter the house. That's obviously, like, Steven being afraid of Peridot leaving him, and they stand on the TV color bars, and goes off, like, we've always had something to fix together, the cluster, the diamonds, or spinel. I don't think I know how to be a friend without something to fix, but I just can't do it anymore. I'm so right. tired. No, I'm even doing it in my dreams. I'm sorry, I can't do this for you. Please don't leave. I feel sad. Yeah. I feel sad, I have to be. Yeah, I'm really depressed. Fine, I'm sorry. Okay, I just have one more pitch, all right? Um, you know how you reach out to people for help, but they don't notice. They're noticing right now. And even if they did notice, I'd just deny it anyway. Keep going. I'm sad. I'm so sad. Okay, what is Nobody wrong, noticed. Katie? Do you need help, Katie? Me? No! Yikes. And, oh Someone needs therapy. Yes, yes he does. Steven needs therapy. Hashtag You're Steven. today's winner and you need therapy. <laughs> hashtag Steven needs therapy. I remember when that was the hashtag. Good times. So, um, the dream ends with, uh, Peridot removing the, the tape from the VCR because and, she's been seeing all this happening. Yeah, Steven happening. wakes up and Peridot's, you know, I, I saw everything. I don't care about this show and I definitely don't care about Rodrigo. <laughs> so Do they it. hug each other out and they then Peridot's like, it's my fault for your nightmares. When really, you know, it's not. It's, it's everything like, that's happened know, in the last five seasons. Yeah, and, you know, they sort of talk it out. You know, we don't need an excuse to hang out. Hey, can we still watch CPH together, even if it sucks? And I like how they bond over ironically watching the show yes. and laughing at how bad it is. I love that, and they and how this is the very first time we actually see Peridot's eyes because she takes off the visor, and she has, like, little tears in her eyes, and she, she gives a little smile. It's like, of course. And it's, it's very sweet, and it's also just a really good moment because it's like, we actually see her eyes. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the first time we see Peridot's eyes. Yeah, that's the first time she's ever taken off her visor. Because I remember just being wild, like, holy shit, she can take it off. <laughs> yeah, so what did you think of In Dreams? I love it. I love Steven and Peridot. 
responding. You know, obviously I'm predisposed to love this because I love Peridot. But, you know, even beyond that, you know, it's got, you know, a good sort of parody of, like, fandom. It's got, you know, the surrealist stuff with the dreams. It's got a lot of creepy atmosphere. It's got a very powerful message, you know, about this, you know, we don't need an excuse to hang out type of thing. Right. And it's just, it's it's got a little bit of everything, and it's one of my personal favorites. Really love this one. I really like In Dreams. I like how it operates more like a, a horror story than a regular cartoon story. A little bit, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's very scary, um, I think, especially in the dream sequences with a lot of the imagery and stuff. But it's more uh, psychological than, say, the body horror episodes in season yeah. one. Um, but overall, I think In Dreams is fantastic. Um, it really gives you an insight as to where Steven is mentally right now and where he's going to go, which we'll get into later. Yes. So next we'll uh, cover Bismuth Casual. Bismuth Casual, which the return of Connie. Connie is <laughs> back after being absent from the first 10. You know, we were all asking hashtag where's Connie. Well, there she is right there in the passenger seat. I think both of us like Bismuth Casual, but there isn't as much of uh, an extreme plot going on. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's fairly easy to summarize, I think. Yeah, it's a more easygoing episode, but that's kind of what I like about it, especially because given the stuff we're going to deal with right after this, Later. it's nice <laughs> to have it's nice to have a breather. So so anyways so connie steven pearl and bismuth are going to the roller rink which is like a starlight roller rink it's what they're yeah. what's called and when they arrive they see that sour cream's the dj now bismuth is wanting to spend time with pearl while steven wants to spend time with connie however pearl is with her own friends and connie is with her own friends yeah, so it's really about the struggle of wanting to be with somebody and also wanting them to be happy yeah well you know having abandonment issues because you know your mom was a weird pink <laughs> dictator and yeah. you can't control that that shit <laughs> yes exactly so yeah so once they get to the roller rink obviously pearl goes off on her own because she has human friends now so we see connie's human friends and we have some muslim representation we have yeah we have a girl in a hijab patricia that's nice mm -hmm. to see and then we have daniel these characters never show up again by the way they never who never show up again maybe they're in the background of a couple of things i forget um, probably yeah so anyway and this is where we get definitive proof that steven does not know how to talk to people his own age like oh man Daniel's mom was torn into him about his test scores. And Steven's just like, one time White Diamond tore into me. Literally. <laughs> she took my gem I'm part gem, by the way. Yeah, she <laughs> tore it right out of my body. And, and they they're like, cool. Sort of look at him like, okay, so what grade <laughs> are you in? 16. 16? Steven doesn't know how to skate, which is great because I also don't know how to skate. And Bismuth <laughs> um, goes out on the, on the rink and... Uh, helps out and you know is like skating actually pretty well and then the two of them steven and bismuth start talking to each other and bismuth is upset that you know pearl has all these new friends one has a mohawk and she communicates with them by giving them toilet paper right because toilet paper is great for vandalism <laughs> yeah among is, other things which is retroactively both more hilarious and more traumatic because a couple of weeks after this is when the coronavirus lockdown started and like everywhere was out of toilet paper march 2020 seriously feels like a year ago a long long time ago in a galaxy far away yeah it really does and yeah at least like eight months Steven and Bismuth talk, and Bismuth is like, you know, I really just want to hang out with Pearl. And Steven's like, yeah, I just really want to hang out with Connie. I also like the line he has when he's talking about, like, he doesn't know how to talk how to talk right. to humans. And he's like, right. you know, I bet if they were enemy gems, we'd be best friends right. by now. <laughs> it's, that's a good line. So uh, Bismuth pushes Steven into the rink, and he manages to skate for a few seconds, but then falls Before down. Before immediately falling flat on his face because he doesn't know how to skate. Right, so Connie goes over to, like, help him out, and then, and then Steven's like, I just want to hang out with you. And then Connie's like, I just want to hang out 
with you. So then like, they fuse. But I don't know how to skate. And it's like, well, yeah. skating's what you're worried about. I got an idea. So they fuse into Stevani. And Stevani's great, of Stavani's course. Stevani's great. I love them. And they dance a lot. And then they actually win the dance competition that they weren't really yeah. aware that they were doing because Stevani is great at everything. Yeah, St- Stevani <laughs> is wonderful. And the animation during this dance sequence is very nice looking. And the yes. Can't Hold Me by Emily King is uh very much a bop i very much enjoy it she sang the main song she sang, of the, the, end she sang the song she might have she might have had some contribution to writing it i would have to i would have to check steven and connie get to pick the next song since they win the dance battle and they chose the commercial the car commercial because the car- pearl really likes his car commercial and so i that, feel like that's just so in character for her so now there's an excuse for pearl and bismuth to get on the dance floor and dance together and it's kind of implied that bismuth is romantically interested in pearl although this doesn't really get fleshed out later on it doesn't really come up because they have to focus on the main story and they right. only have a certain number of episodes to do that. But yeah, Bismuth and Pearl have their little moment to the freaking car commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I just find really, really funny. And it's, it's, it's sweet. Yeah. It's a sweet, happy ending to this episode. Um, but now we're getting into the, the darker stuff. But first, let's talk about Bismuth Casual. Where, what do you think of Bismuth Casual? I think it's really good. It's really good. I enjoy it. You know, I like the social aspect to it. It's a fun episode. I like seeing the Bismuth and Pearl interactions. I like the Steven and Connie interactions. It's nice right. to see Connie back, obviously. Yes. And I love Connie. Love Connie. Um, Connie's great. I like any Stevani stuff or Steven slash Connie stuff. So that automatically makes this episode really good because the writing for that is usually really good i would agree i i think that the whole bismuth maybe liking pearl thing could have been you know fleshed out a bit more but i know that they had a limited amount of episodes to deal they with. had a very limited amount of time i feel like the fact that they got this much is kind of extraordinary so next we get into together forever which is one of the yeah. darker episodes. This is where things take a turn. So this episode's all about, you know, Steven. He's afraid that since Connie's going off to college. Connie, Connie is prepping for college, and she's pretty much got all her plans figured out, except she doesn't quite know what to major in yet. She's yeah. thinking about poli-sci or sociology, which yeah. I can tell you from experience, send you the same amount of way. <laughs> it's not actually going to help you that much. So Steven uh, heads downstairs, and he knows Garnet yeah. is about to leave, and Garnet infuses into uh, Ruby and Sapphire. This was the first time we see their post-Ruby uh, and Sapphire's post-change-your-mind designs. Yes. And I like the look of them very much, and seeing them made me very happy. So Sapphire and Ruby are doing very Sapphire and Ruby things. Sapphire is giving a talk on uh, future timelines, and Ruby is a, is a, a scout leader. So he goes off with Ruby first, who has a uh, who has a bunch of little homeworld gems, and also Onion. Onion, who we still don't know who he is, or Maybe what he is. Maybe he is a gem. Maybe he is a gem, and we just didn't realize it. I just think he's an alien that like landed and then got adopted honestly probably well he's half human at least because his mom is well we don't know if that's his biological mom no it's it no it is his biological mom because we know that for a fact yes because sour cream is also dahlia's biological son but they are both to different fathers because marty is sour cream's biological dad and yellow he's probably half alien yeah and so Mm -hmm. yellowtail's an alien (laughs) yeah um so okay uh, good to know steven Steven talks to Ruby about his issues and how he thinks that, like, you know, what am I going to do with Connie going away? You know, and I only Ruby's feel like, right when we're when when I'm with Connie and when we're Stevani. Maybe right. Connie is my future. And then um, Ruby's like, you should propose to Connie. And then he's like, I don't know about that. This sounds like a good idea. Do it, do it, do it. I'll give you a proposal badge. So uh, Ruby suggests that he go talk to Sapphire about it. So he goes up to Sapphire, who's teaching them about, you know, future timelines and stuff like that. And she makes this hilarious joke where she's like, you know, here's the equation. This equation with all these different variables and formulas. But then the tide washes it away. And she's like, 
Well, that's how true love works. Like love confuses the timelines and it can change everything. Love can make the impossible possible. So do, do it, it, do it, do it, do it. And like stop enabling him. <laughs> Steven should not be proposing. This is like a very oof episode. It's a, it's a very bad idea. And it's a it, big oof. It's a big oof Ooh. by design. So what happens next? So after Steven declares that this may be his last day as Steven courts Judy Pine to Mayo Diamond Universe, he starts setting up the the, the date. He goes and he goes to Connie's house online because he knows he's about to have a study break. And he gets a together forever cake from Space Trees. Yes, he does. Formerly owned by the greatest character, Lars. Sure, we'll go with that. Um. Anyways, yes. so so they go to the beach where they first met way back in right. season one. And Steven has set up the most bomb-ass date of all time because yeah. he has this romantic picnic by candlelight and sunset. There's like a full like turkey or something yeah. and he's got and he he takes out his ukulele and he he's all he's all dressed up as well he's got like a suit on he's like he sings i'd rather be me with you which is a great song which is a great song it's very sweet so he set up mm-hmm. basically the greatest date of all time and connie is clearly feeling the romantic feels and going for it and then he completely ruins it because he gets <laughs> down on one knee with a glow stick ring which is obviously oh another God. callback to when they first met with the, right. the glow stick bracelet and he's mm-hmm. like and he proposes and connie mm-hmm. is naturally taken aback by this she's like we're way too young first off secondly you know i don't want to fuse for the rest of college i want to live my own life right. I-, I love spending time with you but you know i want to live my own life as well but it's like you know if we already know why can't we just say it now we have plenty nope. of time to do that we got we have we have other things we can do and uh steven's like so you're saying no and she says i'm saying not it's now. a not now steven which i which i i appreciate because it's like you know they are still pretty much like together right but like you know they're not they're not ready for that yet they're like right. they're teenagers so connie goes back to go study more because steven's like oh you should go back you and should go back he, and study and he falls back on the ground and creates a giant sadness crater sad crater because he's so devastated and Garnet eventually comes to comfort him. He's, you know, he's all like, well, Ruby and Sapphire said it was a good idea. Can't trust love advice from those two hopeless romantics. And uh, I like the how it ends with, um, he has this cake, uh, Together Forever cake, which is from Space Trees. Your soulmate is your compliment, not your missing piece. Yes. Like, and you know, whatever hole you're feeling right now, Connie, Stevani, it won't fill it. Which is really right. good advice, especially considering that I feel like in our society, in American society, we tend to overplay the, you know, you aren't complete without your soulmate type of thing. Right. Which is not really a healthy way of thinking. Exactly. So he looks inside the cake and the cake's all ruined. Will eating this cake make me feel better? It really, really won't. Well, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> and he just starts eating this cake with his bare hands. And it's honestly kind of a mood. I've never done that, but I feel like if I were in that situation, I would also want to eat cake with my bare hands. So what did you think of Together Forever? It's a it's a great episode. And it, I mean, it's deliberately uncomfortable in spots, right. obviously. Yeah. But I think it is a great episode with a great message about sort of romance. And, you know, I really like seeing Ruby and Sapphire. That was nice. And the song is great. It's got some, you know, nice, like, atmosphere and backgrounds. Like, the sunset on the beach, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah, another really great one. But, obviously, deliberately hard to watch in certain spots. <laughs> I really like Together Forever, but I think talking about these episodes individually and their own individual quality gets harder at this point. Because it starts to be that every episode is yeah. simply just the next chapter of the last episode. I would agree with that. It start it right. it gets a little harder to judge these on their own individual merits, and I feel like we're gonna be getting that eventually when we get to the finale. Right, but... it's way more serialized at this point. Yeah. So 
The next episode, of course, is Growing Pains. Growing Pains, which opens with a trailer for Dogcopter 6, Till Death Do We Bark. <laughs> I now pronounce you man and wolf. And then and then Steven is having a 20-something mood where he's watching and he's like, everybody's getting married but me. I feel like poop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just eating ice cream. He's, he's obviously depressed. There's like clothes everywhere in his room and stuff like that. Yeah. This is honestly that scene of him just eating ice cream surrounded by dirty laundry and saying he feels like poop is a 2020 mood i mean that was just a mood for me regularly <laughs> well i have crippling depression but i feel like <laughs> yes but i feel like especially this year hmm. that is very relatable it's a depression mood it's a depression <laughs> crippling depression <laughs> um so yeah, and then uh, he he thinks about calling Connie, but then doesn't. So he skips it and tries to call uh, Greg he Universe. Call, yeah, his dad. he calls his dad, who is currently on tour managing Sadie and Shep. Yeah, and they're apparently doing really well. And that's but he's good. Like, I'm you happy know, for them. You know, he's glad that the he's glad that the their tour is going great. And he's also like, oh, I'm really glad you're going to be coming home soon. But then Greg is like, good news, the tour got extended. Yeah, it's great, great, Dad. It's great, Dad. I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> Do you have fun, yeah. fun on your tour. Connie uh, calls him, and uh, Stephen decides to let her message go to voicemail. But th this is when his first his first blow up happens. Yeah. Physically blow up. Yeah, like um, swelling. And so, uh, oh yeah, we should mention he's also pink. He 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 goes pink at this point. When he's in his like panic mode, he goes pink. Yeah. Well, Connie calls him, and he tries to sort of blow it off, like it's nothing. And but he keeps swelling up and glowing pink. And Connie's like, <laughs> um. What? How long has this been happening? Um, this oh, you know. morning. Uh, it's like okay, we need to. You need to see it. No, I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Steven, you need to see a medical professional. Like, thank you, Co Connie. Yeah, Connie, the voice of reason. She recommends him to Dr. Priyanka Maheshwaran. Maheshwaran, her mom. How do you pronounce that? Maheshwaran? Maheshwaran. Maheshwaran, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she had to cancel something and agrees to see Steven and figure out what is going on. So they go through these whole examinations. And, and this this part's very funny because yeah. there's like lots of sight gags about regular doctor yeah, stuff. Yeah, he and does the course... Yeah, they do the little hammer thing. And I think my favorite is... <laughs> when she puts the blood pressure gauge on him and mm -hmm. as she's pumping her his arm just keeps swelling up and up and up she just is like blood pressure is high, high. <laughs> i i like this episode a lot it reminds me of the spongebob episode visually where the spongebob gets those pump up arms oh the anchor how big do you want them normal baby and for the ladies hairy now I'm a jerk and everybody loves me. So order now, wimp. So she asks about she asks about who Steven's general practitioner is, her his GP, and he's like, I don't um, have one. And then I she's like, How you, do you? You're 16 not years have old one? and you've never been to the doctor. <laughs> right. And this triggers him again because there's something going on. I think, especially with how he views his childhood and his dad. And you know, yeah, and that comes to a head in the in the next episode. But we'll we'll get right. to that in a moment. Um, also, I'd like to point out that Dr. Maheshwarn has these x-rays of, like, both him and the gems. And on right. the, the gems x-rays only show their gemstone, except for Amethyst, who has all this crap in her stomach for some reason. Um, <laughs> so she just eats stuff. But it's like a baseball glove and shit. I could see her eating that. Okay, fair. But She eats a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So we see Steven's skeleton, and it is clearly held together by his gem. Like, right. his skeletal structure is highly unstable. Uh -huh. They find numerous 
extremely uh, quickly healed fractures in his skull. Which is clearly from all of the times he got, like, thrown onto the ground or slammed into something right. over the course of the original uh, five seasons. And, and she's like, is there any psychological reason why you might be having these attacks? And he's like, well... They actually address that Stephen has trauma and... Specifically PTSD. PTSD and childhood trauma. Even though it's not named. Well, childhood trauma is specifically named. But yeah, PTSD. Right. It's clearly PTSD. He goes, yeah. you know, can you think of any traumatic events in your childhood? And he just goes... Well, I kind of freaked out when they canceled my favorite ice cream. Then I got attacked by a giant bug monster. It turned so old I nearly died. I just <laughs> almost died. Pearl did die. Garnet destabilized before my very eyes. I woke <laughs> up with a black guy locked on a spaceship. Okay, and, th and that's where the point where where Dr. Maheshwar and me is... Okay, Steven, this is serious. But that was just the early stuff. <laughs> and I, I like how she then goes on to discuss... Uh, PTSD and how it how the neuroanatomy of it works chemically uh, with the release of the stress hormone cortisol I like how they're very yeah. specific about this and the idea and that pink Steven is pretty much the gem equivalent of cortisol if you if you think about a kid that's been through trauma that doesn't know what's going on to have this cartoon tell you what is actually specifically going on and frame it in such a way that it's not some sort of hoity-toity mental psychological it's problem that's preachy. your fault it's like it's right a, it's, it's a, a chemical thing. problem in your brain you know and it's also it, it, there's nothing wrong with you like they right. very specifically say you know it's not wrong you're just you're you're hurting like, yeah i was pleasantly surprised to rediscover how in depth they went with actually discussing how it works yeah. Because I think it will help a lot of people that are younger that are going through this sort of stuff for the first time uh, understand what's happening to them. I, I I very much agree with that. And what happens after that? Okay. So at that at this point, Stephen's like, okay, but why am I only swelling up now? It's like, well, it could right. be you're losing your support group. Is there mm -hmm. anything traumatic that's happened recently? Um. Well, <laughs> yeah. So he grows. Connie's like, moving away. So he well, and the proposal specifically. Yes. And he. And he grows super huge. What happened? What made him grow? Glenn Manning is growing from 8 to 10 feet a day. The moment, he's 18 feet tall. Tomorrow, he'll be 26 feet. The next day, 35, maybe 40. And the next day... But you've got to stop it. I don't want to grow anymore. Day and night, scientists search, trying every experiment their brilliant minds can conceive. Also, this is where we find out that Connie hasn't told her mom about the proposal. Yeah. Because well, Connie runs in and uh, Greg Universe also comes in. Because she's like, well, because of what happened. And Dr. Maheshwar asks, like, wait, what is he talking about? And she was like, you haven't told your mom? It seems like something that would be a very important thing to tell your mother. Yeah, probably. So because Connie called Greg, Greg comes in. And so Connie and her mom leave. And Stephen and Greg, like, have a heart to heart about mm -hmm. how he proposed and how he's going through all this stuff, like, I feel I should be happy, but I'm not like we'll always be there for you, Stewball. <laughs> like the line, how can I live my life if I always feels like I'm about to die? Yikes! That shit <laughs> hits hard. Um, and this is really getting into I think the more uh, BoJack Horseman-y side <laughs> of this part of the miniseries. Yeah, kind of. Do you remember the last time I saw you and you asked me if I thought you were a good person deep down? Do I remember that? Yeah, vaguely. You really caught me off guard. I, I didn't know what to say. Well, do you think I'm a good person? Deep down? That's the thing. I don't think I believe in deep down. I kind of think all you are is just the things that you do. 
Well, that's depressing. <laughs> uh, so Stephen reveals that, you know, he failed his proposal and stuff like that. And when Greg assures him, he, like, gets back to normal size. So back at the house, Stephen and Greg, you know, talk about how, like, making mistakes is okay. And then Stephen has this moment where he's like, I, I ruined your tour. And then Greg's like, no, you didn't. Don't, you're more important than the tour. Don't worry about it. You're more important. I'm going to be here for you. Right. And I was like, thanks, Dad. And it, and they, and it has the little thing with the, the cocoa and the frog mug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he tells him to get some rest, and uh, Stephen uh, goes to bed, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So what do you think of Growing Pains? Growing Pains in a, is an episode that hits you fucking hard in certain yep. spots. And I feel like especially for people who, and, and kids who are going mm -hmm. through stuff like this, it's going to be it's going to be incredibly important. And yeah, as, as its own story, I think it works really well. You know, the conflict mm -hmm. is set up nicely, good stakes, really good character moments with for Steven. Unsung hero, Priyanka Maheshwaran, very yes. much appreciated. And, you know, they actually, you know, acknowledge and explain the idea of trauma. I think it's also very important that they explain it in such a way that one can't be mistaken when they first find out about it that it's somehow their fault. Yeah, and and, you know. and they say it in a way that kids can understand. Yeah, uh, so... I love Growing Pains. Um, Growing Pains is definitely one of the episodes of Steven Universe Future where I think, you know, this is making a positive impact on society because of its discussion of mental health and Absolutely. trauma and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, overall, the story is also just fantastic. I think, at least for me, when I binge-watched all 10 episodes, this is where I started to be like, hmm... This is this is hitting closer to home than I remember it hitting. <laughs> and then I took a long bath, a sadness bath. A sadness bath. Anyway, so the next episode's Mr. Universe. Mr. Universe. Um, this is this is both slightly more low-key, but also like really like holy shit in certain spots. So M Mr. Universe is way more interesting than it you would expect it to be yeah. for a Steven and Mr. Universe episode because it gets into like how he raised Steven and why he did the things that he did yeah. and if he was actually a decent parent <laughs> at all. Yeah, you know, so which it, is a pretty crazy thing to bring up in your children's show, but so it opens with Steven kind of still recovering and eating ice cream a la pie. Ice cream a la pie. And, and you kind of get this idea that um especially later on that there's a recurring theme that when Greg doesn't know how to parent correctly, he just gives his kid food, <laughs> which I don't think that's a necessarily a good parenting tip. We see uh, Greg is more of a fallible person in this. Steven is still trying to figure out how to find himself. So Greg talks, well, hey, I'll, I found myself on the road. Let's take a who wants to go on a road, road trip. And as they're driving, he's like, you know, I need to show you where I became Mr. Universe to begin with. Also, I'd like to point out that they bring back dear old dad from season they one. They do bring back dear old dad. Greg Universe is like, I'm going to show you, Stuball, where I learned to be Greg Universe. As they're driving and after sort of the montage set to dear old dad, where we see Greg's character development of going from not wanting to wash his hands in the movie to absolutely <laughs> refusing to use a gas station bathroom in future. That is what we call growth. This is a character arc. <laughs> the most important character arc in Steven Universe. So what happens? I think Steven asks him, like, how do even did you get the name Mr. Universe? And Greg's like, you know what? I can show you. And they go to this suburban house, and, Steve, and Greg just climbs over the fence into the window. It seems like, you're breaking and entering. What are you doing? You're rich. You don't need to steal. And I like the part where Steven walks around the, the house like, you very nice dolphin ornaments, or it was like you, penguins. Yeah, glass penguins. Sort of glass penguins. You know, your fancy fort collect. And he goes to the, the potpourri. It's like a snack for your nose. But then... He discovers that unopened letters right, from, from, Greg. from Greg, and he's, oh, wait, this is Greg's childhood home. 
What? And these are his parents who Greg shielded from him from birth. He never knew these people existed. Yeah, really and Stephen is so happy looking at all this stuff, like you know, this your old yearbooks and like sports. You look trophies. like me, only more human. You look like me, only more human. You had braces. You had braces. <laughs> like you know, my life was a pr- and meatloaf. Meatloaf doesn't sound that bad. So Not yeah, a- Greg. Greg starts like Greg starts like explaining his. <laughs> awful childhood to someone who went through an intergalactic yeah, war because because he wasn't allowed to do any of the things that he actually liked right and, and steven's like i don't know that sounds okay what are you talking about um and i mean then he finds... I, look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act like greg had a particularly happy childhood but yeah compared to steven oh and they that gets resolved later but first uh greg universe steals a cd from his old house which has the most boomer song ever created Oh, also, I'd like to point out that apparently the reason that Greg's parents aren't home when they come is that they are on a timeshare on Florida Island. <laughs> the CD is is Mr. Universe. Yeah, so by Carrie Moonbeam. It's, it's a Carrie Moonbeam. It's clearly a... David Bowie. A David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust pastiche. Yeah. Or maybe... Um... Or it's almost sort of like Joe Bryath. You probably never heard of Joe Bryath, but Joe Bryath was a uh, new wave American rock star in the early 1980s that died of AIDS very tragically. I see. Google Joe Bryath right now and then look at the image on the album cover. Okay, you're not wrong. I, I see the picture. Yeah. And you're not wrong, but the name Carrie Moonbeam is clearly a parody of Ziggy Stardust. Oh yeah, that definitely, yeah. It's, yeah. it's obviously like glam rock, but it is a super boomer song. It's a and super, then... very much the kind of thing that your dad plays on the radio, but in a good yeah. way. It's a good song. Like, it is a good song. But yeah. my favorite part is how like uh, Greg is just like jamming out and Steven's just looking around Steven's like he doesn't like, think, what? what? Wait. And then he's like, this is our, where our name came from? You named this after a song? Right. Yeah! <laughs> what does Mr. Universe tell you? Greg starts to get mad at... Not Greg. Steven starts to get mad at his dad for not telling him about his grandparents, which, you know, obviously that's a big problem. He's like, I've never been to the doctor. I never went to school. I've never went and to then... school. I've never I've, I've never been to the doctor until two days ago. Maybe th- your parents did all that. Maybe they gave you curfews and meatloaf for a reason. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you had no idea what it was like for me growing up. And it he's can't like, be worse than Bob's family. <laughs> so he gets so mad, he turns pink, and he yeah, rips out the steering wheel, said, and, and the whole like, thing flips you know, over on its my side. My problem isn't that I'm a gem. My problem is I'm a universe. They eventually wake up in the vanish crash, and Greg's like, you know, I'm proud of you for telling me off. You know, <laughs> I would, I would, at your age, I would have never had the courage to stand up to my parents. It's good to be able to con. con- to, to do this sort of thing and grow as a person and make mistakes. And Steven, and just, he, Steven just doesn't respond. Steven he's just, just like, oh, stares at his phone and, and then del- deletes the, and deletes photo, the photo of his of his dad in the yearbook. Of his dad that's in the yearbook. The... That's how the episode ends. Um, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, so, so what I, do you think I, of Mr. Universe? I like this episode. I like this episode quite a bit and it, and it does certainly hit hard, especially at the ending. I will say that of the second half, I would consider this probably of one of the weaker end and that, but that has more to do with the rest of the episodes being as good as they are than anything to do with like Mr. Universe itself. It's a good episode and I like it a lot. It's just not as good as some of the other ones in, in this, in this half, I would say. In the grand narrative of these 20 episodes being more adult or young adult deconstructions of the characters 
uh, showing their flaws more obviously and reevaluating what has come before and what effect that would have. I think that Mr. Universe is an integral episode, not only in the ongoing story arc, but also in the general tone that uh, Future is trying to give. I I know some people say that Future is just like another season of Steven Universe. I disagree. It's, it's not. a very it's, different it's a separate. It's a separate series. It has a deliberately right. different kind of tone. And I would agree there in the sense that it is kind of acknowledging things that I a lot of people, myself included, have kind of thought about in the background is that like, you know... Like, is, is he a bad dad? <laughs> I don't think he's a bad dad. I yeah. just think he can be misguided in places because he wants to give Steven so much freedom that he didn't have. He doesn't realize that maybe Steven just wants a, some level of consistency and right. normalcy. And maybe he wouldn't mind some meatloaf. I love Mr. Universe. I think it's a great episode. And I think it's actually fairly surprising when you watch it for the first time that they're going in this angle. It definitely does sort of take you off guard the first time you watch it. It's just more... This ain't your child, Steven Universe. This ain't your child, Steven Universe. (laughs) Like, yeah, as I said, it's a very good episode. And that ending especially, holy shit. But I think compared yeah. to some of the other episodes in this half, I would consider it on the on the lower spectrum just because it, I don't know if it's doing as much in certain areas. I'm going to take a break just for a second. A petition to replace the Confederate Monument in Anderson with the Chadwick Boseman Memorial. I would agree with that. I'm going to sign that later. I, I would agree. Let's give a, you know, yeah, uh, we're recording this a couple of days after Chadwick Boseman has sadly passed away from colon cancer. It sucks. It's terrible. Lost him way too goddamn soon. Wakanda fucking forever, and he will be he will be missed very very dearly. So the next episode is fragments. Fragments. Oh boy. So what happens in this episode, Chris? Okay, so it starts off with Steven's back in the house after the van was crashed, and they're trying to fix mm-hmm. his van. And the gems are like, you know, you crashed the van with Greg inside. You know how fragile he is. And so they just want to kind of help him out and sort of discuss problems. It's like, you know, these pink outbursts are getting out of hand, and Steven's not having any. He's like, it's not an outburst. I'm fine. I'm normal. Just, I'm fine. Just leave, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And he starts getting the speed power again yeah so he's slowing down time so he goes to jasper's he runs cave away to the woods with jasper because he doesn't know where else to go because like this is the last place anybody would look for me and uh she's like well if you didn't come back here to rematch me then what are you doing here and he's like well you know i just need to go to someone somewhere and she's like well i could teach you how to utilize yeah. the power because everybody else doesn't want you to use yeah. your power i channel my power into anger but they want you to feel bad about being yourself she gives uh, him the Magneto speech. I mean, yeah, basically. And I also like how when they're dealing with the the, the, the grass joke comes back. <laughs> yes, the grass joke pays off where, where uh, Steven punches a tree because he's going along with this now. Yeah. And then he feels bad about punching the tree so hard. So then he kisses the tree and then some grass grows underneath it. And she's like, oh, this infernal oh, grass. Quit helping the local ecosystem recover. <laughs> <laughs> So what's happening here is Steven is deciding to start training with Jasper because he feels like everybody around him is trying to control his life. And this is the only out that he has yeah. is to try and be this sort of angry diamond version of yeah, himself that we've only his, seen his, come out occasionally. His thought process is like, well, if I, if I can't like suppress the power, I might as well learn to control it. Right. And we have this great montage where he's getting more buff and he gets some yeah. chins on his hairs and he's uh, working out. Yeah, he starts becoming more and more aggressive. And, oh, and also... Ben Swolo. Steven, don't eat that fish. You're a vegetarian. Um, That's right. He does. He bubbles a fish and gets it out. And he's learning to hunt on his own. Which, by the way, it was funny about this is that all this must happen in, like, 
a couple hours. No, because he says they say it it was three days of training. So okay. the montage ends, and it's like, no, not bad for three days' work. Because when we cut back to like the gems, they seem to be pretty, uh, you know, casual about the whole thing. Considering, I think it took three days for uh, Steven to become what I and many people in the fan base like to call Chad Steven. <laughs> I call him JoJo Steven. JoJo, he's Steven. got, he's impossibly buff in his giant hair. That's another good name. I personally prefer Chad Steven. Steven is like, I'm ready. The Steven versus Jasper fight is goddamn incredible because he's throwing all this stuff and there's he's flying around and throwing punches left and right this is the only good episode of dragon ball z but maybe i can help you ma i need an adult i am an adult (laughs) yeah i wrote i wrote in my notes dragon ball steven (laughs) steven on yeah this is way better than dragon ball z in my opinion and very obviously influenced by it yeah so you know they're flying around they have this incredible fight scene and eventually steven flies up into the air he makes this giant pink wall with sharp with pointy spikes things. and he says you're right jasper i have been holding back we hear an impact Maybe. sound we cut back to the house steven is runs into the bathroom in a panic his mm-hmm. hand is in his jacket pocket and the gems are like where are you going not now he runs into the bathroom he pours all of the diamond bath water into the tub in a fit of desperation and then cries into it so that he it completes the thing and he opens his hand and there are jasper's broken gem yes steven is a fucking shatterer holy fuck only one time shit. okay yeah he did it only the once but like i remember seeing this for the first time i audibly gasped like <gasps> like i i was more like yeah this makes sense for his character development and no, where he's going <laughs> i was just i was honestly shocked because i never thought they would go there I thought, oh, they're not going to show an on-screen shattering. They're not going to have the main character shatter somebody. I know they did. Holy shit. And so he puts the he puts the fragments, hence the title, of Jasper's gem into the water. And he's just so deaf. Like, please work. Please come back. I'm yeah. so sorry. And it does. And she does. And it does work. She comes back. And she's like, my diamond. Well, because she's like, pledge myself you know, to you. You, you. you shattered me. I bow to your strength, my <laughs> diamond. And obviously that is the last thing Steven wants to hear right now. So when I finished this episode yeah. for the first time, I thought that the rest of the episodes were going to go in a way different direction, which is that Steven, having become like enamored by the power, would then try and become like his mother, you know? in like a sort of like a psychological breakdown and then try and control the entire universe <laughs> because they had the scary music at the end. Well, no, because, well, Steven, when he hears the, my diamond, he's horrified. Like, and yes. he, you see this expression on his face, like, oh God, what have I done? So I, I did not think they, they would do that. Well, I thought it was going to go like way weirder. Like he'd be... Uh, a trauma-induced dictator. That's obviously not what happened. So, uh, what did you think of Fragments? Fragments is one of the best episodes. Fragments is pretty good. (laughs) It's not one of my favorites, though. No, I would say just for... The ending's great, but the rest of it's okay. And stuff with Steven and Jasper and the fight, and that ending is incredible. There is a reason this is the one they they pushed for the Emmy, and... Mm -hmm. This is the one that got nominated for the that has been nominated for the Emmy. It better fucking win this time, you guys. <laughs> you better not in the final year you have 
to acknowledge Steven Universe for the masterpiece that it is, you better not give that award to fucking Robot Chicken again. I'm coming <laughs> for you, Emmys. I'm coming okay. for you. <laughs> so I, l- I liked Fragments, although I think uh, a lot of it isn't as good as its ending in generally. I think, though, that it is a good continuation of the character arc that's been building in, in Steven. And I think, well, because I think a lot of the tension building throughout also sort of builds to that ending. And I think that's another really good part of the episode. Cause they're... Yeah, so now we're going to talk about Homeworld Bound. Yeah, so that brings us into the first part of our four-part finale, Homeworld mm-hmm. Bound. So immediately after, so this picks up immediately where Fragments leaves off. Because he is he's absolutely horrified at what he's done. And Jim's like, you know, what happened? Where have you been? You can't disappear for days. Jasper's was like, my diamond can do as he pleases. And they're obviously like, what? <laughs> the gems attempt to like try and talk to him, but Steven isn't up for this because he's just like, you know, he's psyched out at this point. He can't deal with any of this nonsense. So he's he goes to the, to, the, to the pad. But I like the moment in before this where Jasper says, uh, do you want me to come with you, my diamond? And he's like, no, find something better to do yeah, with your life. Yeah, don't follow me. You too, Jasper. Find something better to do mm-hmm. with your life. And Jasper just looks really sad when he's yeah. just like, oh. And I mean, Jasper is a very sad character in general. Like, she only knows how to express her emotions through violence and aggression. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. She's an inherently abusive person, I think, generally. Yeah. Although I think some of her I just love to fight stuff is kind of, you know, fun and quirky. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she she's not a like total like irredeemable abuser, but she's like she no. she she would she would she needs some serious help. So, Steven warps to Homeworld and we and see there is your favorite character. Oh, well, Spinel. Be- okay, well before we get to that, I'd like to point out this fun bit of political satire because yes. the because Homeworld has democracy now. So yep. it's like, I can't believe half of Homeworld is going to vote for that diamond stewed Zircon. <laughs> now, Zircon, there's a face you can trust. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Spinel comes back, yeah, which is Spinel, great. I love Spinel. Your new best friend Spinel is back. <laughs> I was very happy. And I also love her in-show theme. It's very good. It's like... I love how sweet she is in this, where how she keeps trying to help Steven, yeah, even she... though Steven is not in the right mind yeah, so like, to deal with any of I it. I love how like the opening, because she, get, she gives him like this big cartoony kiss on the cheek. Aww. And he, and Steven's just like, Spinel, what is wrong with you? Oh, you know. <laughs> The usual. <laughs> so yeah, um, he tries to explain to Spinel what's been going wrong with him, and she's like, "Well, you should go see the diamonds. They can definitely help you with that." If you have a trouble with your physical form, I know just who you should see. So they go to Yellow Diamond, who right. has been spending her days reconstructing shattered gems and basically helping helping out people with physical forms because she can permanently alter any physical form. Basically, all of the diamonds are trying to do the exact opposite of the abuse that they used to do. Yeah, they are trying to make amends for their past transgressions. And This almost has kind of like, I don't know, a Taoist fable element to it. Like, a sort of story where, you know, you go to one person and they say this. You go to another person and they yeah, say that. it does kind and of Then you have... go to the third person. It kind of has a sort of it a... It has fair... a fable-like yeah, storytelling structure. Yeah, it has a fable, very fairy tale vibe to it. Um, that I that I appreciate. Even though there isn't really a moral at the end, There's, because yeah. Steven still has a journey to go on after that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So he co- so so uh so they so she so Yellow Diamond demonstrates this power on Spinel, and this is where I wrote my anchor arm joke in my notes. Because Spinel's <laughs> got anchor arms. Now yeah. I'm a joke, and everyone loves me. Do these muscles lie? 
<laughs> and he also gets the little tiny feetsies. So what does he say to Yellow Diamond again? He's like, you know, I've been growing, I've been swelling and glowing pink. I don't know what to do with myself. So Yellow Diamond tries to at first fix this problem by shrinking him. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be small. I don't want to be smaller. Oh, and she's like, oh, you want to be bigger. You can be as large as you want. And then he's like, I don't want to be, be large, large either. either. I just want to be me. And he, sla and he slams his foot on the ground and mm -hmm. basically like, you know, if anything's out of proportion, it's your temper. And, you know, you could be big if you want to, or you could be small if you want to, but if you're going to be upset no matter what, then this problem isn't physical, it's emotional. Blue handles that. Blue handles so that. And then he goes and to then Blue. After Spinel does does a Sonic spin dash, there's a lot of Sonic references with Spinel <laughs> throughout this episode that I enjoy. Okay. Yeah, so he goes to see Blue Diamond, and Blue Diamond, instead of making people sad now, is now psychically making people happy, so... She has happy clouds. She's given that. She's given everybody that good weed. Yeah. No, okay, I, I say that partially as a joke, but there is literally a strain of marijuana called Blue Diamond. Really? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> They've been... They knew. They knew what so, they were doing. <laughs> So Blue Diamond uh, picks up Steven, and Steven starts smiling. He's like, no, I don't want to be happier. I want to be better. Well, okay, and well, then... before that, Blue Diamond has yep. a song, my, my Little Reason Why, which is a very good song. And this is, and it's a great song, but this is also where I'd like to point out something personal of my past. So before the coronavirus closed everything, uh, there was going to be a Steven Universe the movie theatrical screening. And I had tickets for this. It was the sing-along screening. I had tickets for it. I was very excited. It was going to be on March 23rd. And, I remember this. And with it, they were going to air and, uh, and, and at that point, unaired episode of Future, which was going to be this one, which obviously makes sense because it's a Spinell-centric episode. And mm -hmm. so, A, not only was I robbed, were, were we all robbed of seeing <laughs> Steven Universe the movie on a big screen, we were robbed of hearing blue, a Blue Diamond solo number debut on the big screen life is not fair <laughs> fuck you coronavirus you took my sister's my sister's wedding also got postponed but oh. really that's a more that's a, that's a way worse thing that's a clearly a more heinous crime <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so blue is like hey if you want to be better you know the whole self-improvement you know, thing is really more white diamond you know, steel i found happiness you know if that's not something you think you deserve then this this is probably a self-worth thing so go, so right. go see White Diamond. Oh, and I also <laughs> the like... White during... Diamond scene is just disturbing. Oh my god. Okay, before we get to that, I'd also like to point out there's a bit during the song where Spinel actually goes into Blue Diamond's little loopy thing, and it's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah, White Diamond's thing now is that she allows other people to take control of her just for fun instead of her taking control of other people. Because that allows um, them to better communicate their thoughts. And, uh, exactly. and we see this through Spinel. Spinel controlling White Diamond is hilarious. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> Steven's like, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> it's like, because Spinell is like, you don't like it? it it's it's fine. <laughs> he's, he's weirded out, obviously, but he's like, yes. you know, it's, it's fine. So Steven uh, takes control of White Diamond, but when he does this, he like splits himself. This is so weird. I'm a diamond. And so like, you know, why am I still afraid? I'm controlling her. And then he remembers all the trauma White Diamond put him through. She's the one who should be afraid. And, and then he smashes her head and into he a becomes pillar, this puppet, And he becomes this puppet master. It's, oh my god, this scene is fucking terrifying. Because he like, becomes scary. this like puppet master to the pink-white diamond. And mm -hmm. Steven's own voice sings this like, 
Why are you doing this? I, d I don't like this. Too bad. Okay, Zach Callison is a fantastic actor and his performance really comes through. His, his performance is phenomenal in these finale episodes. Whatever Zach Callison does next, can he play a villain? I, I so. feel That'd like be he'd be a really good villain, especially given <laughs> that in this episode, he's intimidating. It's like that, that like too bad. Like, so he uh, tries to smash white diamond's head into a pillar, but then the, ends the up accidentally smashing his it. own head into a wall. <laughs> and white is shocked. Like, what was that? <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know. Bye. I don't and know. And he runs away. And then Spinel chases after him with Sonic's whirly feet. And, and starts reciting lyrics to his song oh, Change. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love this scene. Because because Steven's all like, you know, you used to have vengeful thoughts. How'd you make them stop? I met a little someone met him named Steven, Steven Universe. Universe. And he this reminds told me, of... me I, I can make a change. <laughs> he starts singing Change, the best Steven Universe song. This Steven... reminds me of uh, Watchmen. I heard joke once. Man goes to doctor, says he's depressed. Life seems harsh and cruel. Says he feels all alone in threatening world. Doctor says treatment is simple. The great clown, Pagliacci, is in town. Go see him. That should pick you up. Man bursts into tears. But doctor, he says, I am Pagliacci. Good joke. Everybody laugh. Roll on snare drum. So he runs away, of course. So he runs away, and, and he refuses to accept help from anybody. And the diamonds are like, you know, let us help you. We're your family. Just like, don't follow me. After he swelled back up into Chad Steven, and he leaves. Remember, if you need help, seek out proper mental health care. Yeah, and that ends part one of our finale. Um, yes. Uh, what did you think of Homeworld Bound? Or we should just talk about the finale as a whole. Well, I, I think we can talk about the individual parts. But like... I really love Homeworld Bound. I think it's a great episode. It brings back a lot of elements that were kind of introduced in Steven Universe, the movie, just to sort of sequel them, you know, and uh, give a kind of end point to where all the diamonds are at. And also Spinel, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You I see would... Happy Spinel, which is fantastic. Yeah. But her heart is still upside down. So. Yeah, because, you know, she still had that, that trauma. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I love Homeward Bound. I love seeing Spinel again. I love all the fun they do with her. I love all the stuff with the diamonds and sort of the story structure of it. It's a, it's a great part of the finale. And it also gives a little bit of levity, uh, compared to the, uh, the intensity we are about to experience. Hello, um, darkness, my, my old friend. friend. <laughs> I've come to cry with you again. <laughs> so why don't we talk about everything's fine? Everything's fine. Holy fuck. Um, so Steven is still stuck as Chad Steven. And yes. he goes back home. It's like almost morning. And Connie calls him up. He's like, you know, we yeah. haven't spoken since the hospital. I've been worried about you. What's been going on? It's like, no, I'm fine. You know, have you been having more of the swelling? He's like, like maybe. maybe. Like, what, do you like, mean? what do you mean, maybe? Uh, I should go. I don't want to wake up the gems. But they don't even sleep. Yeah. And so he looks He looks in the reflection on his on the TV, and he has diamond eyes. And he's yes. obviously terrified. And then he goes into full-on denial. Because he's like, no, none of this is happening. I didn't fight with I'm Dad. I'm fine. I I'm, help people. I'm Steven Universe. <laughs> I'm Steven. No, I didn't, I didn't think about Shattering White. I didn't shatter Jasper. I'm Steven Universe. <laughs> and this I'm this fine. episode is, of course, about how denial doesn't work. 
Yeah. And Simply I'm, saying that you're fine doesn't mean that you're fine. I feel like a friend this of mine is... once said that fine stands for fucked up, insecure, <laughs> neurotic, and emotional. I feel like this is especially <laughs> exemplified when Steven says, I'm fine. And then immediately all the windows of the glass shatter. Like, yeah, well that's later on. Cause he goes well, no, down and he happens, tries to fix well, the that happens. That happens in a, uh, at the beginning too. All yeah. the, like his screen doors. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the windows in his room all shatter. And then the, so he, sorry. Yeah. So, so he goes so down like to how, try and like fix a, a baseball yeah, game. He goes, yeah, so he goes hard into denial mode. And he's like, you know, I'm Steven Universe. I help people. I don't hurt them. I'm fine. And <laughs> Garnet, because he's, he's, he, he, the gems are, like, see him. And they're obviously, like, freaked out by this. And Garnet can kind of tell Steven is lying about this. But he also, but she also doesn't want to bring it up right there. Like, right. Okay. And <laughs> so, so Steven goes into little homeschool trying to help help people like, i'm gonna help people oh look first he goes to he goes to peridot's greenhouse uh the, yes. the horticulture class and yes. oh this is also where volleyball gets her only other appearance uh she doesn't oh. speak but she is there in peridot's horticulture class and they deliberately hide her eye um <laughs> so uh steven like, uses his uh healing magic to try and fix some of the plants after peridot was very amethyst uh, says you're on a strict sure about doing your, amethyst says you're on a strict no plant friends policy <laughs> and so he's like you know just a little just a little scientific smidge then after what happened with cactus steven he, pu he puts a tiny spit on it and then an army of shrub stevens bursts out from the greenhouse <laughs> not just shrub stevens they're cactus stevens no they're i think they're no i think they're shrubs they're i think they're cactus are they also cactuses? cacti are they also, i think also so cacti? yeah it's I'm, a callback to the I mean, I know, I mean, cactus. obviously the plant, the plants themselves, I mean, the plant Stevens are obviously just a throwback to Cactus Steven in and of itself, but, um. I thought that they were cacti. Well, they don't seem to have any needles on them. I saw some needles. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to look again. But anyways, yeah, anyway. so, so the army of Shrub Stevens, and, and he's all like, you know, what's a little broken glass between friends? Between friends. <laughs> he, goes he sees business, businesses forge. He goes to business and, forge. And mm -hmm. they're in the midst, so... Business is in the middle of one of her classes, and she's making wedding armor for Yellow Pearl. Um, that's a that's a hidden story that I would have loved okay. to see explored more. <laughs> so Stephen gets out. He he's about to like punch the anvil, but then he like, Bismuth is like, "No, you gotta do it gently." And gives him a tiny hammer, tiny so he, hammer. So he hits gives the it a tiny hammer, tap, and Stephen breaks the anvil in half. <laughs> yeah. Now he's you like, have two hey, anvils. Who hasn't broken an anvil in half? Come on. My beautiful anvil. <laughs> and so then we get to the baseball game. So we see Amethyst is the baseball coat. And right. goes like, you know, Steven sub it in. And Onion is the hitter. And he hits a smacker way out to like, home run. And it's about to hit yeah. into the home of the heaven and earth beetles who have yeah. a, who have a smart, who have a little, who have a smartphone as a television. I find mm -hmm. that adorable. And so he catches the baseball. He floats down. I didn't mess anything up. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and then that destroys everything yeah. and, like, knocks down a bunch of buildings. Steven saved so. the heaven and earth beetles and destroyed everything else. Good going, Steve. It's like, it's okay. Mistakes are just an opportunity to grow. Well, let's get to it. And he just picks up one of the steel bars. It's like, we're doing construction work now. And... So he finally goes back home, and they get... This is where the intervention happens. Well, yeah, the gems are there. Greg is there. Connie is there. Steven, you know, we're worried about you. I'm 
fine. And, you know, don't, you shouldn't <laughs> worry. You know, Stephen, we are worried. And Stephen gives this speech that... Katie from College Humor. Katie. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. But, yeah, so Stephen gives this speech where he's like, you know, what's a, you know... Oh, I, I you know, so maybe I fought with that. It's practically a rite of passage. And, you know, <laughs> maybe I've had a not-so-nice thought about smashing White Diamond's head through a pillar, but I didn't Jasper. actually do it. I only actually <laughs> shattered Jasper. And it's like, you shattered Jasper? Like, and then he's like, But it's okay. it's okay. I fixed that, too. I could just... It doesn't matter how, how many mistakes I make. I could just keep fixing things, and you never have to worry or think about it or know about it ever. <laughs> Which is kind of a problem when you have, like, a lot of power. I feel like Superman should go through some sort of crisis like yeah. this at some point. Like, how messed up is that? You know, you think I'm this I'm this perfect angel, but I'm not that little kid anymore. And That's what he's saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm a fraud. Um, then he goes into, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fraud, imposter syndrome mode. Yeah, because he, because his whole pro, because he's kind of, both in terms of what the what he's done in the universe and what people think of him, he has set himself up on this pedestal. And mm -hmm. he thinks that if he's not perfect, if he can't do everything, and if he can't constantly be a good person person and be absolutely the you know perfect role model 100% of the time, all day, every day, then well, he's then a horrible he is person. His own monster. Yeah, he's da, da, da. I'm a fraud. <laughs> I'm a monster. Am, yeah, and that leads into I am my monster. Yeah. First off, let's talk about everything's fine. I think everything's fine is fantastic, and it's really good showcase of denial <laughs> and why it doesn't work. One hundred. What well, I would one hundred percent agree. I think it is a phenomenal mm -hmm. episode. It's a again. It demonstrates denial and its problems extremely well. It can be funny in spots and also deliberately uncomfortable and hard to watch especially yep. steven's last speech like that that is heartbreaking to, yeah. to hear from someone that they think they're a terrible person because they're not perfect and because yeah. because and and oh. steven's version of being not perfect is to turn into a giant kaiju monster yeah so that brings us into i am my monster where we get the thing that a lot of people predicted pretty much most people predicted is that the giant worm from the intro is actually not a worm, but a giant kaiju monster. And said giant kaiju monster is Steven. Um, yes. Having a meltdown. And yeah, so uh, Kaiju Steven starts rampaging throughout the city, and everybody is looking on. Like, what? What? What, what do we do? What wrong? do we do? Like, we want. We just want to help him. And like Lapis Peridot and Bismuth show up. Like reinforcements have arrived. You know, how do we stop that thing? Where's Steven? That is Steven. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then the diamonds come in, and they all start blaming themselves and yeah. this sort of stuff. This is very similar yeah. to like what people's emotional responses are when somebody goes through like a mental health crisis yeah. or something like and that. And Garnet is like, you know, as long as he believes he's a monster, he'll stay one. So they have to figure right. out a way to like reach out to his humanity and Amethyst is all like, oh, oh, you know who would be great at that? Who? Steven! <laughs> and yeah, and then the diamonds show up and they're like, is this a bad time? And then they all start blaming it on each I other. Also and then like Connie how, comes in Spinel... on top of Lion. Well, and I... it's like, stop blaming okay, well, it before, on yourself. Okay, well, a bunch of, yeah. uh, uh, some other stuff happens. That's, a, you're, you're jumping the gun a little bit. Um, so, all right. I have never jumped a gun in my life. Well, so Spin I also like how Spinel <laughs> refers to, okay, so we should mention, 
I we forgot to mention at the end of Homeworld Bound, Steven left one of his flip flops in kind of a Cinderella thing, um, yes. but to add to the fairy tale vibe of that episode. And I like how when Spinel walks out, she's like, "You forgot your foot thong thingy." <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the diamonds, so the diamonds are there, and they try to use their new powers to help him, and none of them work. And like White Diamond tries to connect with him, and she's like, "That's not Steven anymore." The cluster comes out and tries to hold him off. And they're right. like, we don't know what to do. And the, and this is where everybody starts blaming themselves. Sam's like, why didn't I do anything? Greg's all like, you know, I wasn't there to protect him. And the diamond's like, you weren't there to protect him from us. And Spinel <laughs> blames himself. He's like, I tried to wipe his friend's memories so he would die alone <laughs> on a barren world. <laughs> and then she blows her nose with her pigtails, and it's adorable. Um, and then White Diamond's like, that wasn't your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> she only hurt you because, because I hurt her. her. Like I hurt Yellow and Blue and Steven and everyone in the entire universe. Universe. And then Connie comes in online and it's like, yes, fuck up, it is because Connie is once again the voice of Reven because it's like, yes, yes, this is all your fault, but that's not the point. Cur- that's not what's blaming yourselves here. is not really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. Steven's always been there for us, but the only one who's never had Steven is Steven. How can we be there for him that and right? So they all go up and uh try and attack up, slash love they come the up giant with the kaiju plan monster Steven. After so Yellow Diamond uses her powers to make Garnet as big as uh as big as Steven. And mm-hmm. they run through the water, they try to hold him down, and then the hug. The oh, hug, the, the hug. hug. Oh, i I like how when Spinel gets in on the group hug, she wraps her arms yeah, all the way around she wraps everyone. Her arms around. And they all just sort of let themselves know, let let Steven know that they are here for them and they can they understand what he's and going they care through. about him. I like how Paradox like, you never gave up on me for some reason. I don't understand. <laughs> I'll do the same for you. And my favorite moment is when Connie jumps on his nose and basically is like, I don't have your powers, but let me try anyway yeah. and kisses his forehead, and that's the moment when he shrinks back down yeah. and becomes normal Steven. I again. also like how amethyst sort of talks about like you know it, i know it feels like you're never gonna like yourself but it is possible and how yeah. pearl's like you know i know how terrible it is to keep a side of yourself for secret you shouldn't have to hide anything from me and oh my god i'm already crying and yep and yeah obviously connie gives him the kiss and that brings yep. him back down and he has his whole friends and family and support group there from on the they're lying on the cluster's hand in the water and he just cuddles with lion and lets it all out and just has a Mm -hmm. good cry and it's cathartic and powerful yes relatable it's very good cry (laughs) oh my god it uh, it, it, it gets my eyes a little a a little a little moist oh a little little moist well (laughs) if you're not crying now you will be so what did you think of i am my monster i am my monster is a phenomenal episode it is i think really more kind of the finale of of future it is it uh, is the the future um, it is the it is the like it's the final battle but it's the climax it's it yeah it is the climax and the future is more like the denouement yeah but i I, you Mm. know and we'll we'll get into what i like about the future in a in a second um but yeah i i really love i am my monster I think the action is very good, but I also like how it is sort of this message about being there for the people you care about when they need when they need you. Yes. How everyone is able to sort of understand his problem and be there for him. And Steven is finally starting 
after after reaching his lowest point, he's finally starting to be able to heal. And... I have all these weird tingly things in my chest right now that feel uncomfortably like <laughs> feelings as we discuss this. Yeah, it's I I absolutely adore this episode, and this one makes me cry. The next one especially makes yes. me cry a lot. Uh, so the future starts with Steven uh, on the beach doing a workout. Yeah, the throwback to future vision from season one. Mm-hmm. And Steven and Connie plan Steven's schedule. Yeah, because Steven has planned, he's got this plan figured out where he's going to move out of the house. He's going to head out on the road to try and find himself. And Imagine moving out at 16. Along. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> how legal is this? Because he's technically still a minor um like, if you're 16 i think you would have to sign emancipation papers yeah i was gonna say is is steven an emancipated minor <laughs> look it's um, a different universe it's yeah fine. I, it's it's fine don't worry about it so he's got all this yeah. plan figured out and he's told but he hasn't told the gems yeah, yet. he's told everyone in beach city and he's told his dad but he hasn't told the gems because right. um oh it's also been apparent it, there is a time skip of like apparently like a few months between mm-hmm. monster steven and now Right, and so the and, part where I start to cry is when they bring back Cookie Cat. Oh yeah, that definitely makes me cry. <laughs> so they've been, so so they've been trying to, they've been very protective of him. So he's trying to let them down easy. So right, he invites the gems over, and he has made them homemade Cookie Cats, and Aww. they're all like, and they all get into like the positions they were back way back in episode one. They're all in the yeah. kitchen hanging out, and they're like. Remember when you used to sing that song for us? And the gems sing Cookie Cat. And this <laughs> makes me, it makes me cry with both sadness and laughter because it's yes. both such a sweet sentimental moment of everything coming full circle. And it's, oh, but also it's like, <laughs> got like Pearl flailing her arms up and down while she's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends with just the dead, Garnet's like deadpan delivery. Of he left his family behind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then Stephen tells them all that you know I'm moving out, and they're all like, "Oh, okay,", okay. and they're way more supportive Seriously. than he thought they would be. That's so you know. When are you leaving? Tomorrow. <laughs> and oh, that's so soon. And oh, and also <laughs> this is where we find out that Stephen has a therapist. He finally yes. got a therapist because he says he's going to be able to video chat with his therapist while he's on the road. So thank you. Steven he's also socially therapy. distanced and he's socially di- oh man imagine imagine if like imagine if as as soon as steven went to drive to go find himself the covid lockdowns happened it could happen jesus it's fucking totally christ Poor, talk about bad timing um what happens next after this well okay so then he, Yo, goes, he goes down to little home world he right? goes to meet lapis paradon business and they're all like you're right. leaving please don't leave we love you like, is it me? I could sh- And I love Lapis's <laughs> line of like, Steven, you can't run away from yourself. Wherever you go, <laughs> you'll be there. Trust me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Par- My favorite part is when Bismuth is like, am I, am I, am I, am I smothering you? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and Peridot is, Peridot is me right now because she is just <laughs> crying and she's, she's so sad about it and she's, it's like when will i find another steven as good as you by the way if you guys want to hear me cry on the podcast just uh make sure that you get uh chris to watch babylon 5 <laughs> and we'll discuss the finale and i will sob like a child but yeah so i do cry a little bit at this that's good yeah so and so he gives peridot one of his shirts and he's like yep. 
be the Steven you want to see in the world. And <laughs> My favorite thing about that is Peridot's like, where am I going to find another Steven as yeah, good as you? Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, like I said. And then, so he gives the future, and she just burns, Wah! and I'm like, oh. Damn. I, I'm with you there, he gives He gives Lapis, he gives the, Lapis uh, the watercolors. Set, set Lapis is like, I love it. I love it. And he <laughs> gives Bismuth the original crystal gems crystal flag. gems flag and you know bismuth is really sentimental because you know we you know we wouldn't be where we are without you you make me proud to call myself a crystal gem and despite they all... the one time when you tried to murder steven but it's fine don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> it's been two years it's fine it's fine um so steven goes back and oh, he encounters all... jasper well they well before that they all hug it out and i like how right. Lapis, uh, Lapis is like, I'm going to use my tears to make a watercolor painting of you. And, <laughs> and they... Do you like this one, Squidward? It's made out of tears. <laughs> Do you like me? I made this one with my tears. <laughs> and they, so and they, uh, Stephen's walking backwards and he goes and to, back to his house. He meets house. up with Jasper. He meets yes. Jasper in the homeworld who, who, who headbutts her way out of a building and makes a hole in the wall. And he's like, and then headbutts her way back well, well, into no, the no, building. No, I, I, my building's back. So she's okay. all like, you know, I heard you're leaving. You know, I'll, I'll come with you. It's like, no, Jasper, stay here. Like, who will be there to protect you? I can protect myself. I know. Mm. Farewell, my <laughs> diamond. And then instead of just walking back from the hole in the, the wall same she already hole. made, or just using the door, she then proceeds yeah. to headbutt the wall again to make another <laughs> hole that she then walks through. <laughs> so Steven heads back to the temple and gives Amethyst his old, like, video game consoles. Yeah, he gives his old um, video game. She's like, oh, cool, I'm going to beat all your high scores. You know, say goodbye to your save files. And, and he's like, what? He's all like, that's kind of weird. And <laughs> he gives uh, he gives Pearl's old ukulele. And yeah, and Pearl's like, oh, thank you. And then immediately puts immediately it into puts her it head. Into and he's Pearl. like, it's okay to be, like, sad that I'm going. And she's like, it's okay. Moving out's an important part of everyone's life and development. Yeah, and then, so he meets up He meets up with Garnet, who says, well, bust my bitches at Steven Universe. And I, <laughs> I love that line because it's something that Garnet has never said. But it, at the same time, it feels 100% in character. Yeah, and he gives her and he's like, uh, a wedding album. I'm, go I'm go from a going to give you Ruby. this very sentimental gift because I'm leaving. I want <laughs> you to plan my wedding because I had because I had so much fun planning Ruby and Sapphire's wedding. Like, right. So then Steve and Greg have a talk, and Steven's like, "I'm gonna give you my old room. You don't have to live in the van anymore." She's just like, "Oh, I don't know. If I, this is kind of ritzy for me." It's like, "Try the bed, Dad." And so he lays down and he's oh. like, I don't think I can get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and outside the temple he says his goodbye. I also Connie. like how Greg has Greg. this has this line of, you know, you moving out, me settling down. It makes a kind of karmic sense I just can't resist. No, it's yeah. it's a nice bit. So he goes outside, he says his goodbyes. Steven and Connie kiss. Converse kiss. Yes, they do. And so and you know, they all hug it out and he's like, you know, Bye, Garnet. Bye, Amethyst. Bye, Pearl. So he starts driving, and then he immediately turns he around because gets... he's like, "What the hell, guys? Why aren't you upset?" Are and then Amethyst is the first one to break character. I can't it's like, take this "I'm anymore. so gonna miss you." I can't take this anymore. He starts crying. Like she, she starts crying. I'll never, then, I'll never delete your save files. And then, and <laughs> and Garnet, and Garnet, like tears, like burst out of her visor. <laughs> and Pearl, who like Pearl has been like, like turned around, and then. 
round because she doesn't want to show her face. And then we see her face. And she's all like, and they're all you're trying to be strong for they're him. They're all so sad because Garnet actually did peek with her future vision, and she saw a timeline where the tears prevented you from leaving. They're like, we didn't want to hold you back, and back, <laughs> and. So, and they're and they're they all, all super. They all hug it out. She's like, "I'll never delete your save files. I love that ukulele. I'll never play anything else." Like, <laughs> and I love Garnet's like, yeah. "I'd be overjoyed to plan your wedding. In fact, I already planned 363 variations of it." <laughs> and, and so, uh, when but, he yeah. drives away oh, for the second also, time, I'd like to. Yep. And the other thing that I love that is really sweet is that you know. You know, Garnet's like, you know, I saw a lot of different futures, and we're a part of all of them. So, like, Aww. no matter what, you know, they'll, they're going to be there for him, to talk to him, to support him, to help him, like, whatever he needs. They're always going to be his family. They're always going to be there for him. And, oh, and Aww. he drives off. And this is where Being Human kicks in, which has played in the credits of every episode up to this point. And just Being Human is the last Steven Universe song. Like also, I'm, he passes by the big donut, and everybody in the town waves. Yeah, to him he goodbye. has a, he has a banner. Welcome by, welcome, uh, goodbye, Stephen. Which, by the way, if he um if he left Lion there, how is he gonna make his space trips to Lars? Oh shit! Well, I mean, maybe Lion will go with Connie. That's true. Yeah, maybe Lion will go with Connie. Yeah, Connie, Connie <laughs> kind of became Lion became more Connie's pet after a while. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of um, weird. It's a little but weird. Yeah, and so what do you think of Steven Universe future, Chris? Um. Hold on, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm crying. Um, and okay. Steven Universe and the, well, first of all, I think the future is a phenomenal episode, and I think a great finale because I I like how the final episode isn't the big battle, and I yeah. like how it is more intimate and personal and just this sort of quiet and very sentimental story about these characters and what they mean to each other and how they feel yeah. about each other. In that and... way, it's very reminiscent to me of the Babylon 5 uh, final episode, Sleeping in the Light. <laughs> Good night, my love. The brightest star in my sky. where all the characters say goodbye to another character, and I'm not going to tell you which ones because, you know, spoilers, but in case you ever want to watch it. Okay. Um, and it's exactly the same sort of thing. It's super emotional, and it's like a goodbye almost to yeah. the fans and to the characters and to the story and it to everybody. It is very much and... a goodbye, and he yeah. he drives and, you know, driving off to being human. And I'd also like to point out that this is, this is the moment where we all find out that the credits and the title cards were all foreshadowing this entire time. Because all of them are him driving away from Beat City. And the credits are the Don Die driving away from Beat City. It, oh. it was right there in front of our face the whole time. Oh. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, Chris, what do you think of Steven Universe Future? I love it. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a great story um, by itself. I think it works as a finale. It's a heartfelt and really passionate goodbye to all these characters and you know was there stuff i would have liked to see more of absolutely 
is there stuff that you know i think could have been expanded on you know definitely or further fleshed out 100 percent. you know i well, i would have liked to have at least like a couple more episodes for some of the side characters and you know have more appearances by certain things and expand on other elements and you know but the way this but all in all the way the story is told and the the story they are telling i think is absolutely fantastic and oh 100% a worthy successor to the original and a worthy finale and I'm gonna miss this show so damn much I already miss it so much I run a Twitter account called <laughs> missing the crystal gems that is literally just me posting pictures of well for a while it's just pictures I had saved on my phone but I've shifted to screenshots from episodes I've still been on gem glow for a very long time <laughs> and it's just me counting the days that I have been missing the crystal gems. <laughs> I miss them so much. It's been a hundred and fifty something days. I love Steven Universe Future. I think it's all the things you just said. <laughs> and also, um, I think it's a really good piece of media for uh, older kids. And particularly, I think it's great uh, representation of mental illness. Um, yeah. I would uh, be so very interested to see how kids who grew up with the original Steven Universe and kind of grew up as Steven grew up mm -hmm. reacted to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but besides that, it's also just telling a great story. And you've noticed that I haven't complained about the lack of Lars this entire time. <laughs> and the reason for that is, of course, this has the most cohesive story out of any of the seasons of Steven Universe, I think. And yeah, because it's of the that, most planned out. Yeah, yeah. Because of that, it is attempting to accomplish very specific tasks. And in doing so, there are only so many characters that are actually 100% integral to the storyline that they're doing. Yes. Because what they were trying to do is give a denouement or an epilogue to the entire show that happened and also try and evaluate what the ramifications would be for these characters. And I think that's a very clever thing to do and a very interesting way to end a, a TV show generally intended for children. Um, it's something that I haven't really seen done before. <laughs> But I, I hope agree. it's also done with Shira. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I would love that. a I would love a Shira epilogue season. I hope I would like to see the epilogue season become a bit more of a trend because I, I like yeah, Shira would be great for that. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, there are other shows I can think of where I would love like them to do like a Gravity Falls epilogue season where it's just like been a couple years and you know we see where the characters are at now. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Or, something you know i i would like to see it become more of a trend and i because i think a lot of shows could benefit from it and it's yeah. just a good storytelling method that i don't really feel like has been done before especially in the realm of like children's television so like i'll say that like as a kid i had mental health issues and i did not have media like this and i think that's very important that kids growing up do have media that displays uh, these sorts of issues so they don't feel like they're alone and dealing with it on their own that these are actually actually fairly common issues that a lot of people tend to have absolutely um, like yeah and in a way it's kind of sad because i'm like i wish this were here for me when i was a kid yeah. but on the other hand i'm like no it's it's good that this exists yeah i you am know. you know I i'm wish, not gonna let my my i, I wasn't I a kid had... for this get in the way of me supporting yeah. it <laughs> I wish I had shows like Steven Universe as a kid, and I'm very happy that kids today have this, this sort of media. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's fantastic that I think animation, and particularly kids' animation, is getting better and better all the time, I think. I would agree. Uh, so, yeah. 
what do you uh what are we gonna do next episode well in a week uh next week um well normally it would be a roulette but because i flubbed the schedule we're doing another topic episode so next week we're talking about um something less intense but um another great uh children's animated highlight tomorrow next week we're talking about the phineas and ferb movies um i am yay i'm really <laughs> excited because i i love that show and i love these two movies i'm excited to talk about them across the second dimension and the recently released candace against the universe um i am excited because this was phineas and ferb was like my childhood obsession and Brian has like seen maybe two episodes, and I'm excited to see. I've seen like four or five. Four or five. As a kid. Four or five. As and a I enjoyed Phineas and Ferb, but I I never understood the the cult following that it's had. Like I get that it's good, but you know, you gotta, it wasn't ever like my big thing. You gotta watch the rest of it, man. Like, okay. it's all well, on Disney Plus, and it's in the right order now. So. I, I am the hipster, <laughs> and you are the nerd. Yeah. We must stick to our roles, or else. <laughs> We will be zapped by the aliens. Well, I mean, eventually I'm going to, eventually we'll probably do a top five Phineas and Ferb episodes episode, and then I'll make you watch the whole thing. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Well, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Am I actually doing the outro this time? Let me do the outro. Okay. My name is Brian Brecker, and I am doing this podcast with Hipster and the Nerd. (laughs) Share it. Please like it. You know, retweet it. Share it on Pinterest. Uh, MySpace, wherever you get your podcast podcasts. Hashtag uh, hipster and the nerd. Um, yes, hashtag, hashtag hipster and the nerd. Um, hashtag help. listen to us on Spotify. Leave us a listen nice to review. Us. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, yes, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, I think you should all try and listen to us on your very favorite Zoom. <laughs> uh, besides that, I hope you all enjoyed this show. I have been the hipster. This is where you say your part. Oh, yes. Well, yes. I am Chris <laughs> Hanna. You can find me at Meganerd98 on Twitter and on Letterboxd. Uh, and Brian, where can they find you? They can find me where their hopes and dreams come <laughs> together in the sea of imagination. Yeah. Or they can find me on Twitter at Brian Brecker, or they can find me at Letterboxd at Breck too. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I, hope, I hope you were all able to deal with uh, us crying more specifically me crying um and you know thank you all and we will see you next time